On today's Locked on Jayhawks, Joel Embiid has won NBA MVP, the former Kansas Jayhawk. We're going to go through some fun hypotheticals, some different questions about his time at KU, the cool moment for him, and should his jersey, will his jersey, be retired or hanging in the rafters at Allen Fieldhouse? You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Derek Johnson, you can hear me as well. Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. And on today's edition of the show, uh, well, we... Some of us might have been duped by Hunter Dickinson, right? Might have been expecting a decision on Tuesday. Seemed like that was what was going to be the case. Uh, he ended up having a podcast. It turns out it was just a ploy to maybe get some more listeners and subscribers to his show. Um, so if you're unhappy about that, subscribe to this show. How about that? Um, but he said that he's not sure yet where he's going to go. So who knows? Maybe it's another week on Hunter Dickinson. Maybe it's another couple weeks. Maybe it's going to be a long period of time and he's just trying to ramp up NIL biddings and seeing how much he can possibly get. Um, so since the Hunter Dickinson thing is not happening yet, we'll have some other player deep dives coming throughout the week here. But right now, let's talk about Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid winning MVP uh, amid some non-decisions yet from some of these other players. Uh, I, I think, first of all, this is just really cool for, for him. He had an unbelievable season. Put up over 33 points per game, over 10 rebounds per game, over four assists per game on 55% shooting, 33% from three, and mid 80% on free throw shooting at the line, almost two blocks per game, a steal per game. It is funny looking back like at his ability to shoot the three ball nowadays in the NBA. Would that have ever been something that he would have eventually gotten to do at Kansas or no? Like, you know, we, we saw the Morris twins like Marcus Morris and Marquis for shooting mid 30s, low 40 percent. And they got one and a half, two point three pointers a game. Like same for like Perry Ellis. Uh, but those guys were more forward types with Embiid being a center. Would he have ever, let's say, hypothetically did stay Kansas for, for two more seasons? Who knows? And he was just a, an absolute beast and a wrecker and everything. Would he have been able to actually. um you know, shoot threes would Bill Self have let him. I don't know. That's a funny hypothetical, uh, but he is one of the most impactful defenders in the NBA and the offense runs through him on a really good team. This was deserving for him to eventually get this at some point. He was close last year. He ends up winning it this year, which is, is really cool to have a former KU guy win this award. Um, and I think it's just wild watching his ascent from what he was at Kansas to what he has now become in the NBA. And you saw it at, at Kansas in terms of the, ability to just improve on a day-in, day-out basis. I think by the time he, he arrived in Lawrence, he had only been playing basketball for a couple of years, and you saw the pure athleticism and some of the movements he could do, the uh, the Kim Olajuwon moves at such a young age, it, it, both in terms of just literally in terms of his age, you know, and also being somebody who had not played basketball very long, and you were like, wow, this guy's already doing that? And just as the season went on, he became such an unbelievable force. I think by the end of the season, he was KU's best player. He was KU's most impactful player. And to see the ascent from the beginning of his time to the end, I mean, he's that, that story's been mentioned many, many times about how uh, one of the first practices, like he got 
like dunked on by like I think it was Tarek Black. And he went into the office of Bill Self and said, like, I want a red shirt. I don't think I'm ready yet. And to go from that to all of a sudden becoming this guy that, you know, if not for the injury stuff, would have been the first pick overall in the draft, instead still goes top three, has had this career and now wins MVP is a pretty cool, like kind of full circle moment for the type of talent that he is and and was at Kansas all the way to now. I hope he gets good. I hope he gets healthy for the playoff run. That would be a lot of fun. But I mean, there it sucks because that's the same type of hypotheticals that right now 76ers fans might have to be going through at the end of the year to what happened at Kansas. Um, imagine if he's healthy for that tournament. This is something a lot of KU fans have tortured themselves with. I'll do it again here. You know, if if you get by Stanford, which I think you would have, you just couldn't score inside and you didn't, you were missing that physicality and big man down low, probably win that game. That was already a three-point game without him. Then you're playing an 11 seed Dayton in the Sweet 16. And then if you win that, you're playing Florida in the Elite Eight. Florida is a team that beat you earlier in the season. But if you remember, KU looked horrible in the first half. Then they started to figure things out in the second half. Who knows? Maybe they beat Florida. And if they beat Florida, then you're playing a seven seed UConn and an eight seed Kentucky to win the title. I think that Kansas team was still too inconsistent um, as is and everything. But I mean, would it have been crazy? He probably would have been the best player in that tournament at that point in time. Like, I don't think that's crazy to say, looking back what he has become. At the very least, they do make a deeper run. That's for sure. They probably do at least make the Elite Eight. I do have questions about them going further than that. I think the Florida team was really good, maybe a little underrated. But yeah, I mean, it's completely different. Imagine, though, too. Because for a bit, like he thought he was going to be a multi-year player at Kansas. He thought he might have been here for three, four years. Imagine if he would have came back that next year. Now, I do think he was injured. I don't think he played his first year in the NBA, but a messy and came back and was able to play as a sophomore. The types of things he would have done in year two in a Bill Self system with that type of talent would have been illegal in pretty much every state. Um, but by him winning this award, by him winning NBA MVP, I do have one question, which I, I mean, we'll get into the Jersey retirement, the that Jersey hanging in the rafters at Allen Fieldhouse question uh, here in our next segment. But here's another fun question. By Joel Embiid winning the MVP here, does he become the second greatest basketball player ever to have played at KU? Now, notice how I worded that. I did not put that as, is Joel Embiid the second best KU player ever? No, of course not. If we're going KU players, you have to account for what they did at KU. If you're going for KU players, you're top two in any order. Uh, no matter what, every single person should have this order, whichever one they want to argue. You as two best players in KU basketball history. If you want to argue the talent of Wilt and the, the point per game and rebound per game numbers and that he, he didn't have freshman season to, to add extra stuff to it and he left early and you want to say, well, that's cool. If you want to talk about career accomplishments and the four-year career, and the numbers he put up that are pretty untouchable at this point, and you want to go Danny, and he has the national title, that's cool too. But those guys are one and two in any order. Joel Embiid is probably not even cracking the top 50 in terms of greatest KU basketball players of all time, in terms of what they accomplished at KU. But if you're talking about basketball career, what they accomplished over the course of their entire basketball career at the peak of, of their pinnacle um, in the NBA, whatever you want to say, basketball career, Joel Embiid, you can make the argument is number two just behind Wilt. So in terms of just that peak of basketball careers, it's Wilt at number one. That's very clear. Who would be in the conversation for number two? JoJo White would probably be in the conversation there. Made seven All-Stars, two-time All-NBA pick, won a Finals MVP. Clyde Lavellet would be in that conversation. Four-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA. Paul Pierce would certainly be in that conversation. And I think Paul Pierce would probably be number two on that list before Joel Embiid. Maybe he still is number two. 
Paul Pierce made 10 All-Stars in his NBA career. He was four-time All-NBA. He also was a Finals MVP. But Pierce, JoJo White, Clyde Lavellet, any of your other great KU past players, the only other one, I believe, who's won an MVP, Will Chamberlain, and now Joel Embiid. That is a very short list to be on. So that's what Embiid has above these other guys, that if you're just saying your peak season, were you ever the MVP? Well, then Joel Embiid would be number two with Will Chamberlain. Embiid's already been a six-time All-Star, so I guess that's not quite as much as Paul Pierce, but he's also already been four-time All-NBA. That's the same amount of times as Paul Pierce. He's been three times All-Defense, more than Paul Pierce, and that MVP, which Pierce does not have. So same amount of certain things better in other ways now with pierce you do have the championship that Embiid's chasing you do have the finals mvp maybe on longevity you would still give it to pierce at this point in time but in terms of peak Embiid is number two just behind wilt chamberlain by the way for what it's worth if you are trying to figure out well what does he need to do to to chase wilt chamberlain well good luck with that wilt was a 13-time all-star a 10-time all-nba pick a four-time mvp a two-time nba champion So a lot of work to do for Embiid to ever catch that. I don't know if that's ever possible, but it does seem like he's at least in the conversation, if not already there in terms of being able to be the guy who uh, is number two on that list. Okay, we're going to get into uh, some conversation about should Joel Embiid now because of this award have his jersey hanging in the rafters at Allen Fieldhouse. I can already tell there's some of you. whether you're come on, this is so stupid. He didn't do it at Kansas. I can tell you there's other people who are probably already fighting for this being like, of course he should. Um, let's just get into the argument. I'll give you both sides of the coin and then we'll give you a final verdict here. Uh, so this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need to try the best ever tasting protein bar with built bar you might want to eat healthier during the day and you know with sometimes a lot of snack choices aren't great for you whether it's cookie or chips or something fried something not great for you and so you you want to eat something healthier than that but you don't want to compromise on the taste because a lot of times you go for those at the snacks is because they taste good well good news with built bars is that they taste amazing and they're good for you they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I don't know how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. It's only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. Uh, you can order them at built.com for all your specialty flavors. But you can also go to your nearest Walmart. Head to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puffs. Head near Sam's Club, get yourself a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later with Built Bar. Okay, on a big KU-related portion of this with Joel Embiid winning MVP. Should Embiid, now that he has won MVP, get his jerseys in the rafters at Allen Fieldhouse? Immediate response that I know a lot of you are probably having is, it's what's, what's the word? NBA MVP? This was not a college basketball award. Last I checked, Kansas is a college. Kansas basketball team is a college team. You get up in the rafters for what you did at Kansas. You did not win MVP at Kansas, right? And uh, I, I know it almost does sound silly to even have this, this conversation because of that. Um, and I do wonder, like, to this notion, it would be similar to if you were having the argument about, well, M- NBA MVP is good enough to you know put him up there. That would be similar to like, what if a player transferred out of KU and then was a national player of the year at a different school? 
they wouldn't have their jersey retired. It's the same kind of idea of like, well, somewhere else you accomplish something crazy. And then on top of that, it is in a completely different league, again, in the NBA. But at the same point in time, the other end of this argument, if you are named MVP of the NBA, the NBA is where the best collection of talent in the world plays basketball. Theoretically, if you are the best player in the NBA, you are the best player in the world. And so if you were the greatest player in the world, and you said at one point in time, a guy who played at Kansas was the greatest basketball player in the entire world, it's hard not to be like, yeah, we shouldn't really retire his jersey. We had the guy who at one point was the best player in the world, and you know we don't think he's deserving, right? That's hard. It's essentially touched by greatness, that type of moment. You know, for instance, like Michael Jordan, um, he doesn't have his number retired with the Wizards. He is in the Washington Wizards Hall of Fame. On its own, he plays there for a short period of time. It's not like they won a finals or he won MVP with them. That would be kind of the equivalent, I guess, here, to be completely honest, kind of just touched by greatness, right? There's two big issues, though, or arguments that I think go against him getting his jersey retired. Number one. Is the jersey retirement about basketball career? Like when you get your KU jersey hanging in the rafters, I shouldn't say, I keep saying jersey retirement. They don't actually retire the number, um, but it's just, you know, whatever you want to call it, hanging in the rafters. Um, when you, that happens at KU, is it about basketball career or, or is it about your specific school or place where you're retiring it? And if that's the case, as impactful as Embiid was at Kansas, like I said, by the end of the year, he was the best player. He was a really good player for KU. But at the end of the day, you're talking about 28 games played at KU, averaging 11 points on 62%, eight rebounds, two and a half blocks per game. Those are good numbers, but for a one year of 28 games, it's not enough. And sure, you could play those hypotheticals of if he wasn't hurt, maybe they make a run at a Final Four, maybe they make a run at winning a national title, maybe he gets some sort of region MOP or Final Four MOP if they win the title. And then this isn't even a conversation. But unfortunately, we don't do Jersey retirements on hypotheticals. The second argument against it is this big argument, the slippery slope argument. If you let Joel Embiid in, does that mean that any really good one and dones get to go in who average similar or better stats? Does it mean that any KU player who has played short term at KU but was, you know, solid, not an All-American, but became like an NBA All-Star, like an Andrew Wiggins, does he get in? Right, second team um, All American, I believe Wiggins was. He's been, I think, a two time All Star now. Right? Does does that start crossing over? Does it mean we start comparing other players to Embiid's eleven points, eight rebounds, two and a half blocks, and say, well, Jeff Withy averaged better than those numbers in his final season, and uh, you know, did it for a couple of years at KU? I guess if Embiid's in, so should Withy. Right? The slippery slope question, and those are all fair questions, but I guess. Yes, I would that he shouldn't be his jersey in there. But I think it's okay to be like, this isn't going to open a can of worms. This isn't the slippery slope thing. If you win NBA MVP, that is a little different than some of these other questions I had. Because again, there's only one guy that wins NBA MVP every year. It literally means you are the best player in the best league in the world. So Andrew Wiggins doesn't make the cut. But basically, any argument you've had, you'd have of like, well, 
this guy averaged 12 and nine, so he should be in ahead of Embiid, would just get stopped by that player. Well, was he ever named NBA MVP and the best player in the world? Was he ever thought of as the best player in the world at some point in time? And you quickly would say, well, no. So maybe Embiid is the kind of exception to the rule here, and maybe that's what you get. Is it fair? I don't know. He won NBA NBA MVP. That should mean something, I guess. Let's get to our final verdict. Should he have his jersey retired? Should he not? Coming up here with Locked on Jayhawks. All right, finishing things up. Final verdict. Should Joel Embiid have his jersey hanging in the rafters in Allen Fieldhouse? And by the way, we're going to get to a uh, McKenzie Mbako deep dive coming up on our next show. Um, then we will also maybe later in the week have a KU football. Piece. I, I've been wanting to have a KU football episode kind of going over some of their transfer portal options and uh, guys that they've maybe reached out to. I want to get to that at some point here. Might have some deep dives for some other players that have entered the portal or maybe KU shown interest like a Ron Holland, maybe some of these other centers. Uh, any point, if we hear from Hunter Dickinson, we'll have an episode on that instead or and or, right? Uh, but anyway, uh, verdict on Joel Embiid here based on all that stuff, kind of talking through the arguments and stuff. I think at the end of the day, I'm cool with whatever they decide. I know that's not a sexy... Um, I know I'm pounding on the table and having a first take debate and being like, oh, it has to be this. It has to be whatever. I am completely comfortable either way, whichever they way to do it. I, I fully understand the argument of it should be based on what you did at KU. They say KU Jersey retirement. It's, it's not your basketball career. That's why you're in the Naismith Hall of Fame or make the Basketball Hall of Fame or win the NBA MVP or why you'll be in the 76ers Hall of Fame. And at KU, there are other ways to remember you, right? And, and whenever we think of Joel Embiid, we'll think of him playing at KU. Uh, for instance, it doesn't work the other way. Frank Mason doesn't get to be in the NBA Hall of Fame because of what he did at KU. But also when Frank Mason won National Player of the Year, it didn't signify him being the best player in the sport in the entire world. It just signaled he was the best in college basketball. Joel Embiid is literally the best basketball player in 2023, and he played for your university. And for a guy who even wanted to come back multiple years and you know, may have had that opportunity to get up there organically if he would have stayed around and maybe the coaches would have let him stay longer. And for the purpose of just recruiting, I think, too, when you can have recruits come in and show them that jersey up there. I And again, there's the slippery slope thing where it's like, well, then are you just going to let everyone in who'd be a good recruiting tool? No. But again, this guy won MVP. Show me the list of other guys who won MVP who played for KU. So it certainly would make some sense to see his name go up there just maybe with a longer wait than some other guys currently in line. Like he played before he finished his career before Frank Mason, but Frank Mason probably should and will go up there before Joel Embiid. So I think my final verdict, I honestly am cool either way. I'm not going to get up in arms either way. If I was leaning and I had to make a decision though, I'm putting him up there and I'm comfortable with it. And then you may ask, well, are you putting Andrew Wiggins then up there too? Because he actually accomplished more as a freshman at KU. Nope, I'm not. Because the NBA MVP, that means something to me. That It just does. You had a guy who is now the best player in the world at your university, and that is uh, pretty darn cool. But again, whatever they decide to do, I'm actually like very okay with it. But for some people, this is a very divisive, debatable, con uh, conflicting type of argument type of thing. So uh, I guess you can read the comment section, and maybe that'll uh, show up there. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. Like we said, planning on doing a Mackenzie and Baco deep dive on tomorrow's show because his visit should have wrapped up uh, by then. We'll get to a football episode at some point. Some other deep dives coming up throughout the week. I mean, shows on Locked on Jayhawks. Whenever the Hunter Dickinson news comes out, that could bump everything, or we could have a bonus content. We get a bunch of episodes based on that. So lots to come and look out for. You're not going to want to miss anything. 
Check us out wherever you get any of your podcasts. Find us, like, subscribe to us on YouTube as well. And uh, we'll be back on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Jayhawks. I'm Derek John. Later.